Potentialities of Gene Therapy in Pediatric Endocrinology A review by Giulio Frontino, Marianna Rita Stancampiano, Alessandro Aiuti From IRCCS San Raffaele Scientific Institute, Milan, Italy Hormone Research in Pediatrics, 2021 Abstract Gene therapy has become an appealing therapeutic option in many pediatric fields, including endocrinology. Unlike traditional drugs based on molecules that require repeated and frequent biodosome administrations, a single genetic therapeutic intervention may allow durable and curative clinical benefits. Although this highly innovative technology holds a great promise for the treatment of monogenic diseases, its clinical applications in the field of endocrinology have been so far challenging. In this review, we will discuss various ex vivo and in vivo approaches and potential applications of gene addiction and gene editing approaches for treating hyperfunctional and hypofunctional endocrine diseases due to intrinsic defects or autoimmune origin. We will focus on the recent advances in gene therapy approaches aimed at treating type 1 diabetes and monogenic forms of endocrinopathies such as growth hormone deficiency, congenital adrenal hyperplasia, diabetes insipidus, IPIX, as well as their trends and future directions. Introduction 30 years since the beginning of the first clinical trials, gene therapy has become an appealing therapeutic option in many pediatric fields, including endocrinology, since a single treatment could allow obtaining lasting and curative clinical benefits, unlike traditional drugs based on molecules that require repeated administration. Gene therapy approaches for monogenic disorders are based on the introduction of healthy copies of the gene or the precise genetic modification of the defective genes, ultimately leading to the correction of the phenotype of the disease. Gene therapy also finds its applications in various acquired conditions such as tumors infections or autoimmune diseases with the aim of providing the modified cells with a new function with a preventive or therapeutic action, such as in the case of CAR T cells for the treatment of tumors. The choice of the vector depends also on the target cell since an integrating vector such as an HIV-1-derived lentiviral vector is required for replicating cells to avoid progressive dilution and loss of effect while adeno-associated viruses, AAVs, which are predominantly non-integrated, can be used for non-dividing cells. The development of virus-versatile tools for genetic engineering and delivery of genes has played a key role in the progress of the field. The genetic material can be transferred employing viral vectors or non-viral methods, essentially in two ways, ex vivo or in vivo. In the ex vivo approach, the transfer of the therapeutic gene into hematopoietic stem cells or T cells takes place during in vitro culture by integrating vectors, mainly lentiviral vectors. 
at the end of the culture the genetically modified cells, i.e. the medicinal products, are administered to the patient. In the in vivo approach, the gene is delivered directly to the target cell's tissue systematically or locally, and the medicinal product is represented by the viral vector. For in vivo gene therapy vectors derived from AAV are currently used, while ex vivo gene therapy is mainly focused on the use of lentiviral vectors in gene editing with precision endonuclease. Ex vivo gene therapy with autologous hematopoietic stem cells has been successfully applied to various forms of primary immunodeficiencies, neurometabolic diseases, and hemoglobinopathies, achieving so far approval in Europe as a medicinal product for severe combined immunodeficiency due to adenosine deaminase deficiency, beta thalassemia, mesochromatic leukodystrophy, and X-linked adrenoleukodystrophy. In vivo adenosociated viruses, mediated gene therapy has been shown to be effective in the clinic for some diseases of the central nervous system, eye diseases, metabolic diseases, as well as in the deficiency of coagulation factors. Two medicinal products based on in vivo gene therapy are currently approved in Europe for spinal muscular atrophy and retinal dystrophy respectively. Typically, gene therapy for monogenic diseases has been based on approaches aimed at adding a normal copy of a gene that encodes for the effective protein under the control of constitutively active or tissue-specific promoters. Several promoters and enhancers have been explored for different cells, including those endocrine tissues involving beta cells adrenal, thyroid, or pituitary glands, but all or elements are easily incorporated into delivery vectors. The recent advent of gene editing technology could offer several advantages of traditional gene addition approaches, such as 1. Precise correction of a defective gene, 2. Introduction of a new function, 3 inactivation of a gene involved in disease pathogenesis, and four, inactivation of a regulatory gene that results eventually in correction of the disease phenotype. Gene editing systems based on clustered regulatory interspaced short palindromic repeats, CRISP, CAS-associated nucleases, and other types of engineered nucleases have proven in several preclinical studies to be versatile tools to induce DNA modification from base substitutions to large DNA deletions. Recently, CRISPR-Cas9 technology has been employed for inhibiting the BCL11A gene to induce fetal hemoglobin production in the erythroid progeny of gene-modified hematopoietic stem cells, achieving preliminary evidence of clinical efficacy both for sickle cell and beta thalassemia. Although this highly innovative technology holds great promise, many safety and efficacy issues of gene editing still need to be verified long-term. Based on the above achievements, gene therapy for diabetes and other pediatric endocrinopathies has been actively pursued in the past years, although mainly at the preclinical stage. 
In principle, thanks to recent technological advances, both hyperfunctional and hypofunctional endocrine diseases could be amenable to gene therapy. However, difficulties in delivering large genes targeting specific endocrine organs, the need for tight control in the regulation of transgene expression, as well as the toxicity and the immune response to vectors administered in vivo have been significant challenges to wide application of gene therapy requiring in-depth investigation. Further improvements and mitigation measures. Here we will discuss the recent advances in gene therapy approaches aimed at treating type 1 diabetes, T1D, and monogenic forms of endocrinopathies such as growth hormone deficiency congenital adrenal hyperplasia, CAH, diabetes insipidus, IPEX, as well as the trends in future directions. Type 1 diabetes mellitus. Type 1 diabetes mellitus, T1DM, is an autoimmune disorder characterized by T-cell-mediated self-destruction of insulin-secreting islet beta cells. Management of T1-DM is challenging and still too frequently suboptimal even with the latest available technologies. Given the strong genetic component of T1-D development, gene therapy has emerged as one of the potential therapeutic alternatives to treat T1-DM. Here, we will focus mainly on the current status of gene therapy approaches in preclinical studies involving cell or animal models and potential future perspectives. The main strategies investigated are based on preventing or delaying the onset of T1-DM, correcting insulin deficiency, promoting beta cell proliferation and survival, modulating the immune inflammatory response and inducing insulin secretion by known beta cells. Due to the presenting spontaneous autoimmunity and T1DM, non-obese diabetic and OD-mice have been the primary animal model for studying this disease. Analogously to humans, the incidence of T1DM in NOD mice is higher in females and they develop autoantibodies and autoreactive T-cells prior to clinical disease onset. Target beta cell antigens are also similar in both species. However, although in NOD mice insulin seems to be the eliciting antigen, in human T1D several antigens may be instead be involved as triggers. Progressive beta cell death, hormone function, autoimmune phenotypes and progressive dysglycemia are also common in both human and T1DM and NOD mice. However, the early appearance of pathogenic T cells in NOD mice followed by diffuse pancreatic insulitis by 12 weeks reflects a possibly more aggressive nature in the animal model compared to the relatively slower onset in humans. T1DM in NOD mice may not convey what triggered, nor how to reverse the disease. However, this model can be sufficiently suitable 
to elucidate at least part of the underlying genetic and immunologic mechanisms that may aid in hampering the onset of overt hyperglycemia and identify causative gene variants that can be exploited as therapeutic pathways. Beta cell survival and preservation Induce overexpression of insulin-like growth factor 1, EGF1, has been shown to be involved in immunomodulation and enhances beta cell survival and proliferation. Introductal injection of an adeno-associated virus encoding EGF1 has been performed in four-week-old NOD mice to specifically transduce pancreatic cells and normoglycemia persisted in 80% of mice at 28 weeks. Furthermore, the same treatment at the time in which significant beta cell destruction is already manifest was able to restore normoglycemia in 75% of mice. Other animal studies involving induced expression of regenerating islet-derived protein 3-gamma have also shown beta cell regeneration and preservation despite autoimmune attacks. Furthermore, also the induced expression of glucose 6-phosphatase G6-PASE in the liver of diabetic rat models of T1-DM has been shown to induce blood glucose homeostasis. In this study, GPAs gene expression was induced by rising glucose levels and inhibited by insulin. Interestingly, normal glycemia was achieved within a few hours of eating and no hypoglycemia was observed. Another explored candidate target gene is Clotho, an anti-aging gene that is expressed in pancreatic islets in both mice and humans. Clotho deficiency is involved in beta cell apoptosis and inducing its expression in mice under the control of a beta cell-specific promoter preserves beta cells. In vitro treatment of human islet cells with the gamma antibutyric acid significantly increased clotho expression, indicating a possible non-invasive therapeutic approach. Interestingly, fibroblast growth factor 23 clotho interaction may be substantially involved in human body metabolism and aspects of T1DM, such as disease duration, insulin resistance, and development of diabetes-related complications. The beta-cell metagenic effects of ANG-PTL8 are controversial. Preliminary findings suggested that overexpression of ANG-PTL8 in mice models induced a 17-fold increase in pancreatic beta-cell proliferation, although the direct effect of ANG-PTL8 as a potential target therapeutic was subsequently disrupted. Recent research involving a targeted gene therapy approach to deliver human ANG-PTL8 gene plasmids to different organs of normal adult rats, including the pancreas, liver and skeletal muscles, compared the efficiency of beta cell replication induced by ANG-PTL8 gene in streptozotocin-induced rat models of diabetes. Improvement in glucose tolerance and fasting plasma insulin were directly associated with beta cell proliferation. Of interest, this study used ultrasound-targeted microbubble destruction 
as a method for organ-specific gene transfer alongside an altered insulin promoter. Regulated insulin production in known beta cells. Controlled transcription and translation of pro-insulin, the presence of glucose-sensing machinery, pro-hormone convertase expression, and a regulated secretory pathway are the key features unique to pancreatic beta cells. Gene therapy can also be exploited to induce regulated insulin production in non-beta cells. Initial studies involving genetically engineered intestinal K cells and hepatocytes demonstrated glucose-induced insulin secretion. Recently, a single injection of an adeno-associated virus encoding insulin and glucokinase genes into skeletal muscle cells of diabetic dogs was shown to be able to induce normal glycemia lasting up to eight years. Although promising, transduced cells may become susceptible to autoimmune attack alongside immune responses induced by viral vectors themselves, and long-term immune tolerance still has to be demonstrated. However, fine-tuning of viral vectors, for example, with that of inducible adeno-associated virus combined with more long-term human studies are needed before this therapeutic path may become a viable option. Combined treatments A greater therapeutic potential may be achieved by combining gene therapy and immune modulation. Pre-treatment with anti-T-cell receptor beta-chain monoclonal antibody MAB followed by hepatic gene therapy with neurogenin 3 and the islet cofactor beta-cellulin has demonstrated sustained induction of insulin-producing cells in the liver of NOD mice, allowing for lasting reversal of new onset or overt diabetes. Targeting the T-cell receptor TCR with a monoclonal antibody impairs T-cell response against residual newly formed islets in overtly diabetic NOD mice. In a study by Xi and others, diabetic NOD mice were transiently treated with anti-TCR beta chain TCR beta monoclonal antibody H57597 for five days. Two weeks later, some NOD mice with established overt diabetes also received hepatic gene therapy using the islet lineage determining gene neurogenin 3 in combination with the islet growth factor gene beta cellulin. Anti TCR beta monoclonal antibody reversed more than 80% of new onset diabetes in NOD mice for more than 14 weeks by reducing the number of effector T-cells in the pancreas. On the other hand, anti-TCR beta monoclonal antibody therapy alone reversed only 20% of established overt diabetes in this model. Among those overtly diabetic NOD mice whose diabetes was resistant to anti-TCR beta monoclonal antibody treatment, around 60% reverted from diabetes after undergoing NGN3-BTC hepatic gene transfer two weeks 
after initial anti-TCR beta monoclonal antibody treatment. This combination of NGN3-BTCG in therapy and anti-TCR beta monoclonal antibody treatment induced the sustained formation of periportal insulin-producing cells in the liver of overtly diabetic mice. This data suggests that this combination therapy reverses neuronset T1D and NOD mice and protect residual and newly formed gene therapy induced hepatic new islets from T cell mediated destruction in mice with established overt diabetes. A novel approach to gene therapy for T1D involves targeting post transcription modifications that give rise to pathogenic splice variants. Cytotoxic T lymphocyte associated antigen CTLA4 is an immunomodulatory protein and the expression of its different splice forms has been linked to disease susceptibility or resistance in T1DM and other autoimmune diseases. Morich and others employed an antisense target splice switching approach to induce overexpression of the protective ligand independent form of CTLA4 in NOD mouse T cells in an attempt to modulate immune responses leading to T1DM CTLA4 expressing T cells exhibiting reduced activation, proliferation and increased adhesion of intercellular adhesion molecule 1, similar to treatment with agonist alpha-CTLA4. Mice treated to produce a ligand-independent form of CTLA4 at the time of elevated blood glucose levels exhibited a significant reduction in incidence of insulitis and diabetes. Vasoactive intestinal peptide VIP has shown an insulin-tropic and immunomodulatory effect because of its limited half-life due to DPP4-mediated degradation. Constant infusions or multiple injections are needed to observe any therapeutic benefit. To better exploit the therapeutic efficacy of VIP, both viral and non-viral gene delivery methods have been developed. A recent study used a lentiviral vector-carrying VIP gene to provide a stable VIP gene expression and test its therapeutic efficacy in multiple low-dose streptozotacine-induced animal models of T1DM. Lentivip treatment improved hyperglycemia, glucose tolerance and prevented weight loss. Interestingly, a decrease in serum CRP levels and serum oxidant capacity, but an increase in antioxidant capacity were also observed in treated animals. Furthermore, restoration of islet cell mass was correlated with an increase in pancreatic beta cell proliferation. Ultimately, these strongly suggest the therapeutic effect of lentivip is due to immunomodulatory, insulinotropic and cell regenerative properties of VIP. Growth hormone deficiency. Isolated growth hormone deficiency represents the most common pituitary hormone deficiency. 
and the etiology can vary from congenital or acquired causes. Causative mutations have been identified in up to 11% of cases with an isolated growth hormone deficiency and a higher percentage of variants have been found in familiar cases, 34% in patients with severe short stature, 20%. Genetic forms of isolated growth hormone deficiency have been classified into four different groups, type 1A and 1B with autosomal recessive inheritance, type 2 with autosomal dominant inheritance, type 3 with X-linked inheritance. In these patients, conventional treatment requires daily injection of a recombinant form of growth hormone until the final height is reached. In some cases, therapy has to be also maintained in adult age for its positive metabolic effects. For these reasons, GH deficiency has been considered a possible candidate disease for gene therapy as an alternative therapeutic strategy. In 1991, Tauern and others first described a systemic delivery of human growth hormone, HGH, by injection of genetically engineered myoblasts into mouse muscle using a gamma retroviral vector. After injection of transduced myoblasts, HGH could be detected in the serum for a three-month period. A few years later, a. L. Handy and others reported the implantation of microencapsulated allogenic myoblasts engineered to secrete mouse growth hormone into growth hormone deficient dwarf mice. Treated mutants showed a significant increase in linear growth, body weight and tibial growth plate thickness than untreated controls. The allogenic myoblast remained intact and functional for at least six months. Implantation of subcutaneous bioartificial muscle containing skeletal myoblasts transduced with RHGH resulted effective in attenuating muscle atrophy in mice compared with syngenic animals receiving daily injections of RHGH. In 1999, Rivera and others reported a new mechanism of regulated expression of growth hormone secretion in mice after gene transfer. They demonstrated in vivo regulation of gene expression after intramuscular injection of two separate adenosocytic virus vectors, one encoding an inducible HGH target gene and the other a bipartite rapamycin regulated transcription factor. In treated mice, basal plasma HGH expression could be induced and controlled by a rapamycin dosing regimen, permitting to mimic the physiological pulsatility of GH secretion. Besides skeletal muscle cells, other genetically modified cell types have been used as GH-delivered devices in animal models, such as fibroblast, bone marrow stroma cells, and salivary glands. Recently, Higuti and others investigated gene therapy approach based on the injection in young and old lit SCID dwarf mice of a plasmid in tibialis cranialis, muscle encoding the HGH under the control of ubiquitin C promoter, following by electrotransfer. 
treatment resulted effective in promoting the catch-up growth and MIGF-1 secretion, especially in young dwarf mice, which normalized IGF-1 plasma levels 15 days after GTE. Central Diabetes Insipidus Central Diabetes Insipidus, CDI, is a rare hypothalamic pituitary disease resulting from a deficient secretion of arginine vasopressin, AVP, also known as antidiuretic hormone, from the neurohypothesis. The vasopressin plays a key role in osmoregulation and water metabolism. For this reason, the symptoms characteristics of CDI are polyuria and polydipsia. Genetic causes of CDI determining a defect in AVP synthesis represent less than 10% of cases and could be noted as autosomal dominant, autosomal recessive or X-linked recessive traits. In contrast to GH, there are very few reports on gene therapy as a treatment of CDI. Judges and others reported that the stereotactical injection of an adenoviral vector encoding the arginine vasopressin cDNA ADAVP into the supraoptic nuclei of the hypothalamus of an AVP deficient Bratenboro rat resulted in a restored expression of AVP in magnocellular neurons. AVP production determined a reduced daily water intake and urine volume as well as increased urine osmolarity, lasting for up four months. More recently, Yoshida and others described a different GT approach using the skeletal muscle as a target tissue for transgene expression. They documented that the bioactive form of AVP could be produced by non-endocrine cells with a modified vasopressin gene containing a ubiquitous endoprotease furin cleavage site. Based on this approach, using the electroporation technique, the furin processable vasopressin gene was introduced into the skeletal muscle of AVP-deficient Brattleboro rats, determining a significant reduction in urine volume and an increased urine osmolarity for approximately three weeks. Congenital adrenal hyperplasia CAH refers to a group of diseases determined by the reduced or absent activity of one of the enzymes involved in the regulation of the glucocorticoids and or mineral corticoid synthesis in the adrenal gland. The most common form of CAH is represented by 21-hydroxylase deficiency, an autosomal recessive disorder caused by pathogenetic variants in the CYP21A2 gene. Mutations in CYP21A2 determine impaired adrenocortical production of cortisol and the accumulation of the steroid precursors upstream of the defective enzyme, which are shunted into the preserved adrenal pathway. 
patients affected by CAAs require lifelong and life-saving glucocorticoid and mineral corticoid replacement therapy. However, since adrenal physiology is not precisely restored, affected individuals may experience adverse long-term outcomes in terms of growth, metabolic, reproductive and mental health endpoints. Moreover, patients remain at significant risk of adrenal crisis, and recent studies have revealed an increased risk of respiratory, urinary and gastrointestinal infections and all-cause mortality compared to the general population. As a monogenic disease caused by a loss of function mutations, CAH would be considered a candidate for the gene therapy approach. The first attempt of gene therapy in 21-OH-deficient mice 21 was published by Tajima and others using a replication-deficient adenovirus containing genomic sequence of human CYP21. The intra-adrenal injection of HAD-CYP21 in 21-OH animal models induced a HCYP21 mRNA expression with an increased concentration of plasma corticosterone from undetectable levels to levels similar in wild-type mice, lasting up to 40 days. More recently, an AVV gene therapy strategy was developed based on the intravenous injection of an AVV RH10CAG human CYP21A2HA vector in CYP21 minus minus mice models. Treated mice showed an increased moduate and near normalization of urinary progesterone for more than 15 weeks, improved response to stress, and restoration of near normal expression of several important genes in the adrenal cortex. In 2020, Eklov and others reported the attempt to treat cyanomologous monkeys with increasing doses of a non-replicating r adenosylated virus 5 vector containing single-strand DNA of the human CYP21A2 transgene. In treated animal models, vector genome copies and HCYP21A2 RNA expression were present in the liver and adrenals at 4 and 24 weeks in a dose-dependent manner. No adverse events were documented. On this path, in 2021, Merck and others presented the design of a phase 1-2 open-level dose escalation study of the safety and efficacy of gene therapy in adults with 21-OHT-CAH through administration of an adeno-associated virus 5 encoding the human CYP21A2 gene, which is currently enrolling patients. Primary endpoints will be safety evaluation and selection of the optimal drug dose, while secondary outcomes include changes in 17-OHP endogenous cortisol and adrenocinogen. This first clinical study could represent a milestone of the development of new strategies for the treatment of patients affected by CAH. Monogenic autoimmune endocrinopathies. Autoimmune disorders 
affect often endocrine glands as single or multiple targets, resulting in hormone hyperproduction or hyperproduction. Monogenic autoimmune disorders include inborn errors of the immune system, which alter central and or peripheral torrents to autoimmune antigens, such as IPEX, IRI, ALPS, or deficiency of RAD1, CTLA4, LRBA, or gain of function mutations in genes, such as PIK3CD. Chronic immune suppression can be effective in controlling clinical manifestations by carrying the serious burden of side effects, including the risk of infections and malignancies. The improved ability to find the molecular defect and pathophysiology of these disorders has resulted in development of targeted therapeutic interventions with biological drugs on monoclonal antibodies or drugs acting on specific pathways. Gene therapy approaches have been aimed at correcting the genetic defect in hematopoietic stem cells and or lymphocytes by gene addition or gene editing. IPEX is a paradigmatic example of a rare, often fatal X-linked monogenic immune dysregulation disorder that typically presents during infancy with a triad of enteropathy, autoimmune endocrinopathy, and dermatitis. IPEX is caused by mutations in the gene FOXP3, which encodes a transcription factor necessary for the maintenance of immunologic tolerance by thymus-derived regulatory T, T-RAG cells. Hematopoietic stem cell transplantation, HSCT, is the only curative therapy available to IPEX patients and it is offered to those with low organ involvement pre-transplant as it promises definitive therapy with disease resolution and better quality of life as compared with chronic immune suppressive therapy. Many of the features of IPEX remit after successful transplantation, although endocrinopathies frequently persist due to permanent organ damage. In the review of 196 patients mentioned above, 58 underwent HSCT with a 15-year overall survival rate of 73.2%. However, potential complications of HSCT in IPEX patients include microphage activation syndrome, infection, graft-versus-host disease, and growth failure. Alternative approaches to HSCT are being pursued, such as gene therapy or gene editing of autologous hematopoietic stem cells or lymphocytes. In a first approach, CD4 plus T cells from healthy donors and IPEX were converted into functional TUREG-like cells by lentiviral transfer of FOXP3. These engineered TUREG-like cells in humanized mice models protected from GVHT and hyperproliferation of CD4 plus memory T cells. At the same time, these engineered TREG-like cells maintain in vivo expansion of antigen prime T cells or tumor clearance in the mice model. This data support the clinical application of IPEX syndrome and other immune-mediated diseases.
An alternative approach is based on gene editing of FOXP3. Recent studies in vitro and in vivo animal models have shown successful CRISP-based gene correction with the appropriate expression of FOXP3 protein in edited TURX delivered from IPEX patients. Although technically in its infancy as a therapeutic tool, these investigational data suggest the feasibility of gene editing. Conclusions and Perspectives Gene therapy for endocrinological pediatric disorders is an area of increasing interest, although still challenging. Several approaches for diabetes type 1 have been pursued at the preclinical level but have not yet reached the clinical stage. Gene therapy for the cerebral form of X-linked adrenoleucodystrophy has been recently approved in the European Union, but similarly to allogenic HSCT, the treatment is not acting on the adrenal insufficiency. The first clinical trial based on in vivo delivery of the therapeutic with AAV vectors for CAH has recently started and will provide important information on the safety and efficacy of the strategy. In principle, monogenic diseases causing endocrine hyperfunction could be amenable through the delivery of the wild-type gene coding for the missing defective hormone or gene editing by homology-directed repair. On the other hand, strategies for amending endocrine hyperfunction may require either the transfer of a gene with ameliorating effects or the inhibition of genes associated with hormone hypersecretion by the use of antisense sequences, microRNA or deletion inactivation by gene editing through non-homologous enjoining. The remarkable scientific and technological advances in gene modification and delivery of a unique scenario for the future of both hyperfunctional and hypofunctional endocrine diseases. Improved high-fidelity nucleases, base editing and prime editing represent promising technologies for efficient and regulated engineering. Epigenomic engineering through CRISP-based editing or other approaches aimed at targeting chromatin and regulating genes represents another promising tool for controlling biological functions and harnessing altered gene expression. It should be considered that gene editing technology is relatively new and there is still limited clinical experience on the immunogenicity of their components, the safety of off-target insertions and of large deletions and rearrangements that occur close to the recombination site. In addition, its delivery still requires classical viral vectors such as adenosociated virus and lentiviral vectors. As an alternative, non-viral gene delivery vehicles such as nanoparticles, have also been developed to mitigate the side effects associated with viral delivery carriers. They have demonstrated very good biocompatibility, biodegradability, low immunogenicity and easily adjustable properties. Nanotechnological advancements allow delivery of nucleic acids, potentially enhancing the performance of precision medicine therapies, thus accelerating the clinical translation. An example of the power of this new technology derives from preliminary data of an in vivo gene editing therapy for transferrin 
amyloidosis, a rare multisystem disease caused by proteins synthesized in the liver that misfolds and aggregates in selected tissues. A single dose of lipid nanoparticle encapsulating messenger RNA for Cas9 protein and a single guide RNA targeting the disease-causing gene showed an initial favorable safety profile along with early evidence of efficacy in preclinical models in patients. For endocrine diseases caused by acquired and genetic autoimmune diseases, therapeutic approaches exploiting T-Rex are of great interest since these cells play a crucial role in maintaining tolerance, self-antigens and non-harmful foreign antigens. Genetically engineered T-cells to express normal FOXP3 have been proposed to treat IPIC syndrome and other immune-mediated diseases caused by insufficient or dysfunctional FOXP3 plus T-Rex. In addition, T-Rex immunotherapies using ex vivo isolated or in vitro expanded T-Rex have been tested in clinical trials for several diseases, including graft versus host disease and early onset T1D. Another interesting strategy suitable for endocrinopathies and tested in preclinical studies is a combined approach of antigen-specific immunotherapy based on antibody-mediated therapy, anti-CD3 and gene transfer into the liver of insulin beta-chain peptide, which cooperate to control diabetogenic cells. The safety of these approaches should also be considered and well-balanced with the expected benefits and available treatments. Hematopoietic stem cell gene therapy with gamma retroviral vectors has been complicated with the onset of myelodysplastic syndromes and leukemias due to the integration of the provirus in some proto-oncogenes, such as MECOM and ALMO2. Antiviral vectors have shown in the past decade an excellent safety track record, although recently one participant in a clinical trial for the treatment of adrenoleukodystrophy developed a myeloidoplastic syndrome. In clinical trials using RAAV vectors, Virus adverse events have been reported, such as hepatotoxicity, thrombotic microangiopathy, and also root ganglia toxicity. Moreover, many aspects regarding the interaction of adenosociated virus vectors in the human host, such as vector immunogenicity, therapeutic potency, persistence, and potential genotoxicity due to integrations in the human genome, have to be further elucidated. In summary, there is a wide armamentarium of gene therapy approaches for endocrinopathies due to endocrine gene defects or autoimmune disorders offering the potential of a single therapeutic intervention with durable benefit. Some of these approaches have reached the preclinical proof-of-concept stage and are now moving to clinical applications to investigate their safety and efficacy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Power Breathing. Follow me on Twitter for more articles.